And listen, if you're offended, I know I offend. I know, you know what, and that's okay. Jesus said some offensive things, didn't he? If it is, it's not, it's not intended to offend. It's intended to help and to edify and to encourage and to challenge because I love you and care about you or those listening online. If you look at how many times the Apostle Paul exhorts the church and challenges the church to make the most of the time that we have left, to make your life count. Because once, once the last breath is gone, there's no, there's no second chances. And so live full on. Listen, put your foot on the gas and let it rip for the Lord. Amen? Amen. Galatians 5, if you need a Bible, raise your hand. We'll get one to you. If you have a complaint, send me an email. Michael Metter at Calvary. Galatians 5, we left off in verse 15. I'm going to go back and get a running start from verse 13, because we're now in this like application portion of the letter. So let's pray. Lord, we just thank you so much for this special morning you've given us to be together. God, I pray for my precious brothers and sisters, those that are listening, that they would take away the things that have come from your heart already that the chaff would be uh, burned up, removed, that the precious would be removed from the vial, that my brothers and sisters would be encouraged. And as we dig in deep to your word, that you would minister to us and meet us, that you would touch and transform our hearts, our lives, by the power of your spirit and for your glory, we pray in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. amen. And so remember what, who Paul is writing to it, the churches that he had planted, right? And he has been teaching about justification by faith, that we have right standing with God simply by trusting in Jesus Christ, not by keeping the law, not by keeping rules, not by religion. We've been set free from the law. We've been set free from the power of sin, the penalty of sin. And Paul reminds us in chapter 5, in verse 13, for you, brethren, have been called to, what does your Bible say? Liberty. liberty or freedom. Only do not use liberty or freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this. You shall love your neighbor as, how? As yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, beware lest you be consumed by one another. And so, good news this morning, we don't have to be under the law. We don't have to keep rules to be right with God. We've been set free. And some falsely took that as, okay, we're no longer under the rules. That means we can, I can live any way I want now. Awesome. And Paul says, no, 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 no. Don't use your freedom as an opportunity for your flesh, but what? With your free, what are we to do with our freedom? 
through love to do what? What does it say? Serve one another. Or on the flip side, some people say, I've been set free, but now I've got to maintain my righteousness. Now I have to keep the rules to to maintain God's favor. And that's just as wrong, by the way. That's legalism. That's imposing some more rules and some more standards and trying to keep standards and worship standards and impose those on others. And so the Apostle Paul reminds us here, we have been set free. Following rules only teaches us that we can't follow the rules. Right? The law is legit, correct? Paul said the law was our schoolmaster to point us to Jesus, right? The law pointed us, correct? You guys with me? Showed us our need for Jesus. Once we gave our lives to Jesus, we're no longer under the tutor, correct? We're now set free to walk with Jesus. We say goodbye to Mr. Law. We're turned loose to live a life, to live life as God designed it through love, to serve one another. And by the way, the good news is that God saves us independently of what we do. It's by His grace. He wants to be in a relationship with us and set us free. All the things that bound us, all the things that once ruined our lives or are ruining our lives, He wants to deliver us from that stuff, to set us free even more this morning. The good news is is that it's not by might, nor by power, nor by keeping rules. It's by His Spirit. It's a work of His Spirit in our lives. I believe this is the heart of the book right here. As we work our way through uh, 16 to the end of the chapter, God's plan for us is to walk in the Spirit, to be led by the Spirit, and to live in the Spirit. You guys catch that? You will as I read through. Check it out. Let's, Let's read. How does life in the Spirit work? How does this work out in real life? Well, Paul says, I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish, but... If you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. And those who are Christ's have crucified the flesh, with its passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. So verse 16, let me draw your attention. Paul says to walk in the Spirit, and in the Greek it's continually, habitually, always be doing this, always be walking in the Spirit. And so what is Paul doing here? He's explaining... To us, 
the relationship that we have with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a person, correct? He's not an it. He's not a force. He's a person. He's the third person of the Trinity, correct? Are you guys with me this morning? He's the third person of the Trinity. He's a person. He is God. His role begins with, Jesus said, the Holy Spirit will be with you, and then he will be in you. Prior to coming to know Jesus, the Holy Spirit is with us. He's convicting us of sin and righteousness and judgment to come. We open our heart to Jesus and a miracle happens, correct? God Almighty in the person of the Holy Spirit comes and takes residence within us. Jesus spoke about the Holy Spirit being our comforter. Anyone need comfort? He's our helper. Anybody ever need help around here? These parts. He's our helper. He leads us and guides us into all truth. That's good news too, isn't it? Anybody need to be led in truth? Anybody need to be led in truth this morning? He leads us and guides us into all truth. He begins this work in us. Having begun in the Spirit, we need to continue in the Spirit. And that's what Paul is saying here. He's saying continue to walk in the Spirit. And it happens when we're born again, right? Unless a man is born again, born of the Spirit... He cannot see the kingdom of heaven. And so we put our trust in Jesus. The Holy Spirit comes into our hearts. We become online spiritually. We begin to understand the word of God. Why? Because the author is living within us. And God comes in with all of his stuff, by the way. Philippians tells us that it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. You know what that means? God comes in with new desires new strength to help us, new direction for our lives. Does that excite anybody this morning? God living inside of us. We walk in step with him under his influence, his leading. What will be the result of that? Look what it says in that verse, verse 16. What's the result of walking in the spirit? You shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. What is that speaking of? That's speaking of the passionate desires of our fallen nature. That self-destructive nature that every single one of us has. Jesus spoke about our flesh. Remember when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane? And he said to his guys, watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. For the spirit is willing, but the flesh is... So the Lord's assessment of our flesh is weak. It's powerless. It will not help you in things in the spiritual realm. Listen, my flesh today is as rotten as the day I got saved. We don't rehab the flesh. We don't fix the flesh. We can't help the flesh. We need to be born again. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. That new life is birthed within each one of us, and it's glorious. But the flesh, Paul said in Romans chapter 7, I know that in me that is in my flesh dwells no good thing. Are you you hearing that? But what happens when we give our life to the Lord, something good comes in, right? The Holy Spirit comes in to reside, to lead, to guide. I didn't mean that to rhyme, but it sounded cool. (laughs) Our flesh is self-destructive. There's this tendency... We have to do things that are not good for us. There's a tendency to do things that God tells us not to. 
and he tells us not to do them. Why? Because he wants to ruin our fun? Why? Because why? Because he knows they're not good for us. Notice what it says in that verse. It says, then you, if you walk in the Spirit, you shall not fulfill what? The lust of the flesh. It's important to understand the flesh lusts. The flesh craves. It cannot be satisfied. Does that make sense, you guys? Let me illustrate. Can I illustrate? Thanksgiving dinner. You're laughing. You know exactly where I'm going, don't you? Plate number one. Turns into plate number two. I'm glad I'm not at somebody's house because I got my sweatpants on. And then all of a sudden, here comes the, the desserts come out. I got no, I don't have any room, but what do we do? I make room. <laughs> right? And then New Year's is around the corner, so I'm going to make my resolutions not to do that again. You're laughing, you know what I'm talking about. So what do we do? Our flesh is craving. Our flesh is lusting. It wants more. It can't be satisfied. It's like a fire. You can't satisfy a forest fire by throwing stuff at it. You need to get rid of it. So what do we do? What should we do? We can't get rid of it, so what do we do? Paul tells us. We've started in the Spirit. We need to continue in the Spirit. It's not following rules, but what a living, vital relationship with the Spirit, to walk in the Spirit. Does anyone here like to walk? A couple people like to walk. I, listen, I, walk, I try to walk with Tanya every single day. I love walking with her. It's awesome. I love walking with my girls. We have the, the greatest conversations, spiritual conversations, sometimes not so spiritual, but most of the time they're, right, they're like awesome. What does walking involve? If we're to walk in the spirit, so let's, let's, let's bring it from the physical and then bring it to the spiritual. What does walking involve? Does it involve movement? You have to be moving, don't you? I think it also involves invitation. Or choosing, because Tanya will say to me, honey, would you like to go for a walk today? I will say, oh, absolutely, babe. Thank you for inviting me. I choose to go. I choose to leave the couch and get up and get moving. It involves movement. It involves pace too, doesn't it? Does walking involve pace? It's funny because sometimes we're walking and we see people, have you seen somebody speed walking? Isn't that weird? Like, what are you doing, dude? <laughs> it's like, whatever, man. That's what you dig. But walking with someone involves direction. I would say walking with someone involves intimacy and conversation and listening, talking things over. For me, there's always joy with Tanya and my girls. It's happiness. It's like, oh, yeah. Tell me some more. What's going on? And listen, God chose this picture of walking that we might better understand the relationship that he wants to have with us. Are you with me? You go all the way back to the beginning, and it says, Adam and Eve, what did they do with God? They walked with God. Noah walked with God. Remember Enoch? Enoch walked with God and then, then was not because God took him. So Enoch is just cruising one day, walking and talking with God, and personal rapture right to heaven. 
We're closer to my house than yours. Let's just go home. I mean, how cool is that? So God gave us this picture that we would understand the relationship that he wants us to have with him. It is a living, breathing relationship with a person, the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit. And so part of walking involves movement and momentum. Listen, you've got to get up. To walk, you've got to get up. You've got to move, don't you? For us spiritually, what does that mean? You've got to get up. You got to get out of your comfort zone. You have to step out in the things that the Lord is showing you when He ministers something to your heart. If you want changes to happen as He's showing you, you're recognizing where I'm at is not good. Change is needed. Maybe I've stopped walking. I need to start walking again. I'm, I need to be moving. Listen, walking is not running. It's not running in the Spirit, is it? Is that what it says? It's walking, it's not sprinting, it involves pace. Was Jesus in a hurry? Think about that. Was Jesus ever in a hurry? Is that interesting? Anybody here ever in a hurry? I think the only time we see God, I think the only time we see God in a hurry is when the prodigal was coming home. And he goes flying out to meet his son. We walk in the Spirit. It's not, let's see how fast we can get somewhere. We get impatient. We get frustrated. Maybe doors are not opening the way we want them to. Things are not happening in my timing. Is God's timing perfect? Do you guys believe that? Is he ever late? No way. Listen, I need to remember that for myself. Because there's like areas in my life that of struggle... Pastor, you have struggles. Yeah, we all do, don't we all? Did I hear a no? We all do, don't we? Areas where the Lord is working. And I think, oh God, would you just help me with this issue? But he may have in mind like 15 other things he's dealing with first in our lives. And it's like, this is the thing I, I see as this big thing in my life. And it's like the Lord's dealing with each one of these things first. And the Lord, is, his timing is perfect in dealing with us and helping us and molding and shaping us. I need to remember that for myself, but I also need to remember that for others. Do you understand that? Because we can look at others and say, what's the matter with them? They need to get a copy of this tape. They should have, they should have been listening to this message this morning. And you know what I realized when I say that? That was just for me. That's what I needed to hear. Because don't we do that? I'm going to send them the link. To, we don't have tapes anymore. I'm going to send them the link. Right? Does anybody use tapes still? Some of the kids are like, what? What is a tape? This stuff? Like duct tape? What's he talking about? Man, I hope, I hope he's listening today. Listen to the pastor talking to you. <laughs> hey, here's the deal. What's vital is to keep walking. Keep walking. Do you, guys, do you guys, are you enjoying the walk with the Holy Spirit? We should be. And, and, and what happens is we, we get so concerned about the end that we miss out on the Lord because he's concerned with the process of day to day just walking with him. 
hope, I don't think we're going to get to it this morning, but in verse 25, if we live in the Spirit, that live means every day, 24-7. We're walking in the Spirit. We're led by the Spirit. It's a, it's a daily thing, isn't it? It's not, I'm going to take off a couple of days. You know what? It's been a rough week. I'm going to flesh out for the weekend. It's we live in the Spirit. Walking is about fellowship and communicating and listening and talking things over and staying connected with the Spirit. Four, look at the next verse, verse 17. That was a long time in one verse, wasn't it? Where the flesh lusts against the Spirit and the Spirit against the flesh. And so the flesh, the fallen nature, the old man that still lives within each one of us, or old woman, the old Mike, the self-destructive nature that we all have, notice, lusts against the Spirit, constantly, earnestly comes against the Spirit. Can I illustrate for us this morning? Because it's always in that order, I think, or usually, the flesh lusts lusts against the Spirit. When you get cut off in traffic, what's your response? I hear lots of laughs. Is it, oh, way to go. That was a great move. Wow. Man, you're a good driver. It's awesome, man. Is that how you respond? And then, okay, so then, so you did respond good. God bless that person. Yeah. And then you pull into H-E-B, right? And you pull in, and there's a spot right up front. But this person's taking forever, like, they're slow as molasses backing up. And you're going, dude, come on, can you just back it up? And then all of a sudden, what happens? Someone comes from the other end and snakes you. How do you, re- how do you guys respond to that? Oh, yeah. Can I get you a basket, too? Is that how you respond? The, fle- the flesh lusts against the sp- right? It's a fleshly response. Rears its ugly head. And the spirit against the flesh. The spirit wants to lead us in a healthy, a godly direction. What's best for us in those new desires that we've been given. But there's a problem. There's a battle. There's a tension. There's a conflict that happens within us. The spirit and the flesh, what does it say? They're contrary to one another. They're going in opposite directions. The Holy Spirit wants to lead us this way. Our flesh wants to go the polar opposite. So that you do not do the things, what does it say? That you wish. It's the flesh that continually keeps you from doing what you want to do. From doing the right thing. Those new desires within us. There's a conflict. Do you ever say that? I wish I would do the right thing, but I don't do so well. Can I encourage us this morning? Number one, that's good, in a sense, because it's, it's evidence that you're born again. It's evidence of the Spirit of God living in you, because if you weren't born again, if you weren't saved, guess what? You could care less. I'll yell, I'll curse and yell at every person that cuts me off. I don't care. Who cares what the Word of God says? Who cares what the Holy Spirit shows me? You're just... You're dead. Spiritually, you're not online. You could care less. But when the Spirit of God comes into our hearts and our lives, there's a a sensitivity to His conviction and correction and leading us into the truth. And there's a battle that goes on. 
and we struggle with certain things and we, we pray and we ask the Lord for help and we confess those things and forsake them. And, 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 and after a while, what happens as we walk with the Lord for a while, that, that dumb stuff starts to fall away. It peels off. And you're like, wow, that was a work of God's spirit. It wasn't me keeping rules. It was the Holy Spirit doing a work within each one of us. But we need to recognize this morning, this is so crucial, we need to recognize we are limited. We have limitations. Our flesh is weak. But here's the good news. With the Holy Spirit, we are able to overcome. Amen. Can I illustrate? This morning, 2 a.m., my son Luke, he's been, he can pray for us. This is the work in 20 years, probably the most difficult season we've had with him. Special needs, he's got cerebral palsy, crippled. And he's learning to walk. Some of you guys have seen him in the wheelchair, but he is learning to walk. And um, his main mode of transportation is crawling or knee walking in the house. But here's the deal. When he gets into that walker, guess what happens? He's able to roll. Not roll like this way. Like he can walk in that thing. And when he's excited, he starts high stepping. He's moving. He's able to overcome the cerebral palsy that's pulling him down in order that he can walk. And does he fall? Yes, he does. And who's there to pick him up? His dad. To keep on going. That's what the Holy Spirit does, you guys. Man, you blew it. Come on. Let's, we're we're going to do better this next time. Let's go. You keep on walking. You keep on moving. You keep going forward. And so he says in the next verse, but if you are led by the Spirit... If you're led, this is such good news, if you're led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. So if the orientation of my life, the direction of my life, the leader I'm submitted to, I'm under the authority of is the Holy Spirit, what's the good news? I'm not in subjection to keeping the rules. The law is not leading me any longer. I've been set free. We've been set free to what? To lovingly serve one another. We've been empowered now to love, correct? Have you guys noticed that in your life since you've been saved? A love for the Lord and love for others? No amens? We... Anybody ever fly? You guys ever fly? When you're sitting on that tarmac in that airplane, it's not going anywhere. Why? Because the law of gravity is what? Holding it down. But then the guy with the cool outfit jumps into the cockpit, right? Cranks it. They crank it up, I'm not really sure, and move that gear thing, and he starts cruising down the runway, right? Got the speed going, and then all of a sudden, shifts gears, and then... And the law of what? Of aerodynamics takes over, kicks in. And now that plane is able to soar. Gravity's not holding it down. Listen, the rules aren't holding us down any longer. The Holy Spirit intends for our lives to soar, you guys. To bear this fruit we just read about, that these things would be growing and flowing in our lives. Apart from the Lord, we can't do anything. Of the, uh, it, we need Him. Do you guys see that? But it's not by keeping rules. It's a work of the Holy Spirit within us. And we try sometimes to impose rules on our flesh and standards. Listen, religion and rules can't make you better. It's only a work by walking in the Spirit, being led by the Spirit. God has a better plan 
for you and for me, and it's what? It's walking in the Spirit. It's being led by the Spirit. It's having a real life connection with Him that overcomes the flesh and bears fruit for His glory. So, isn't that good news this morning? We haven't been set free to keep rules, but to be led by the Spirit, to love the Lord, to love others. Well, the question is, what does being led look like? What does being led look like? If that's the case, if I'm to be led by the Spirit, what is, let's take it from the physical to the spiritual. Okay, you guys with me? You guys with me still? When you are led somewhere, your whole, your whole body's engaged for being led somewhere, correct? You cannot be led if you don't listen. You cannot be led if you are unwilling to follow. You cannot be led if you don't actually go in the direction you are being led. Does that make sense? Being led by the Spirit means three things this morning. If you guys like taking notes, three things. Number one, we need to have ears to hear. We need to have ears to hear. We need to listen to pay attention to what he says. Do you know that God speaks all the time? Do you guys know that? God speaks all the time. Primarily through his word. Pastor, I just never hear God's voice. I don't know what's wrong with me. Am I jacked up? No. Read your Bible out loud. And you'll hear God speak to you. Some of you are going to get that later. It's, cool. it's totally cool. God speaks to us primarily through his word. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice and they follow me. If that's the case, then guess what? I need to tune in, perhaps, and say, like little Sammy, remember Samuel? Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. How does God speak all the time? Listen, sometimes it's when we open our Bibles and read. Sometimes it's when the teaching of the Word of God is happening. Sometimes it's through others. Do you know some dudes... There are times when God is trying to speak to you through your wife. Come on, yep. It's just like when you won't take directions. The Lord speaks to us through many different ways. Creation, animals. We see a donkey in Scripture. He still speaks through donkeys today too, correct? Like, yep, I'm witnessing a miracle here. God, remember, God spoke, and he, God spoke to Elijah, not in the earth, wind, and fire, but in what? Still, small voice. Literally in the Hebrew, a delicate, whispering voice. Isn't that beautiful? The psalmist said, the heavens declare the glory of God. Do you know, you look into the heavens, the heavens will preach a sermon to you. Look at God's glory. Look how glorious he is. How about, didn't Jesus tell us? Look at the birds of the, look at the birds of the air. Look at how your heavenly father takes care of them. When's the last time you looked at the birds of the air? Do you know they'll preach a sermon to you about our heavenly father's care for you and me? Are you with me? Because Jesus went on to say, how much more valuable are you than a bunch of birds? 
You are of eternal value. God sent his son to die for you. How much do I love you? Look at my arms spread on the cross, how much I love you. I've purchased you, not to just set you free and drop you off, but to care for you. But I want you to seek first my kingdom and my righteousness. And watch what I'll do. Watch how I'll take care of you. Those things you're worried about and freaking out about, the things you're going to put in and put on, I've got those things covered. I will take care of you. It's glorious. The flowers of the field, check them out. They'll preach a sermon to you. Listen, my, my dog Brody spoke to me this week. God spoke through Brody. Pastor, now you've lost it, dude. I thought you were a little weird, but now you're confirming things. Your dog speaks to you. You got a speaking dog. It wasn't like, repent, something like that. Luke, my son, he sleeps like not very much at night, like a few hours a night. So this week he was up at between 1230 and like two every night. And uh, I usually take like a 15 minute nap. Anybody take naps? You guys take naps? Anything over 15 minutes, I'm worthless after that. It's like zombie boy. And so I go in, I'm getting ready to take a nap, and our dog Brody, he's just barking. I mean, he won't let me sleep. And he, he protects our house. Anybody comes near the house, he goes nuts. So I can't take a nap at all. So you know what I did to him? Every time he tried to take a nap, I woke him up. <laughs> And my, and my kids and my wife are like, dude, that is so immature. <laughs> I'm like, you're so right. But if he's going to keep me up, I'm keeping him up. <laughs> is that lame? I know. That's just, pray for me. <laughs> but you know what? You know what Brody did? He kept loving me and kept coming back to me. And the Lord was speaking to me of his love. Using this mutt, this yellow lab, to teach me about his love, unconditional love. I kept waking Brody up. I mean, I wouldn't let him sleep. And he kept coming to me. <laughs> love you, master. <laughs> love you. I'm like, dude, you're way better than me, Brody. So listen, if we're going to be led, we need to have ears to hear. Number two, if we're going to be led, we need to have a heart to follow. We can just go like, we'll get to the feet in a minute. To have a heart to follow. In other words, Lord, I'll do what you tell me to do. I'm committed to do whatever you show me, no matter how hard it is. Because there's some hard things he asks us, isn't there sometimes? Does the Lord have some hard things for us? Forgive others as you've been forgiven? It's tough. Turn the other cheek, go the extra mile, love the unlovely, serve the unlovely, care for them, do unto others as you want them to do unto you. And it's like, okay, Lord, I have a heart to follow. I will follow your lead. I'm committed to do what you are saying, no matter how hard it is. I'm in this lopsided marriage. I know I have no grounds for divorce. And I know, Lord, what you've called me to do. And I'll do it. Lord, you've called me to forgive this person. 
No one knows how hard it's been, the things they've done to me. Listen, the Lord knows. We've done some pretty harsh things to him, haven't we? And he's forgiven us fully and completely. He's chosen to remember our sins and our lawless deeds no more. Love holds no record of wrongs. Are his plans best? Are God's plans best, you guys? So we pray what? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will. I'm saying my will is gone. Your will be done in my life. When we say that, we're saying your desire, your choice, whatever your choice is for me, I'm down. My heart is tender. I will, I will do whatever you ask me to do. I have a heart to follow. Your will be done. Your choice. Listen, God gives the best to those who leave the choice with him. God gives the best to those who leave the choice with him. Say, Lord, you choose. Here's, here's my suggestion, Lord. You guys ever play the Lord's Little Helper? Here's my suggestion, Lord. Your will be done. I'm leaving it with you. I'm down, whatever you have for me. And listen, when we determine to do what he's called us to do, he meets us right there to help us to do it. You guys remember the man with the withered hand? You guys remember the dude with the withered hand in the synagogue? Jesus came in on the Sabbath. You guys remember that story? You guys, we still good here? We, I still got like 10 minutes. You guys remember that story? This is like crucial. Like, this is like Christianity 101 stuff that if we don't catch this, man, we're going to be struggling in our flesh, trying to do things in our own strength. There was a man at church. I think it's interesting. A man with a withered hand. He's, he's crippled. He's handicapped. He's special needs. And where is he? He's not out of fellowship. He's in fellowship. He's worshiping. He's not griping about his condition somewhere, blaming God. I think he maybe held up one hand praising God. He couldn't lift up his other because it was crippled. And who was at church that day? Who was at church that day, you guys? Jesus was. You know who's at church every time with us? With the power to heal. With the power to heal those withered areas of your life. Are you willing to do what he's asking you to do right now? Because he asked the man with the withered hand to do what? To lift it up. And the, the man with the withered hand didn't say, that's impossible. Why are you picking on me, a handicapped dude? You know what it says? Go back and look at it. He lifted it up, and when he was obedient, it was restored as whole as the other. We give him our obedience, and what happens? He provides the power. He provides the enabling. It, God's commandments are always his enablements. When we step out and say, okay, Lord, I will do this. I have a heart to do what you're saying to do, to follow. He gives us what we need. Third thing, if I'm going to be led, I need to be flexible. I need to have feet willing to go where he leads. Do you have feet willing to go where he leads? Do you guys have feet willing to go wherever he leads? Remember what Jesus said about, you guys remember John chapter 3? 
Jesus talked about being born again. Remember he had a meeting with some guy? Remember who that was? Nick at night, right? Nicodemus. He said, you know, most assuredly, I say to you, unless you're born again, you cannot see the kingdom of heaven. And then listen to what he says. He says, this is John 3, 7 and 8. He said, do not marvel, like don't be blown away that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes and you hear the sound of it but cannot tell where it, go, where it comes from and where it goes. Isn't that right? That's in the natural. Right? We, you hear the wind, but do you see the effects of the wind? You see the effects of the wind, you don't hear it. Right? You don't see the wind. So, he said, so is everyone who is born of the Spirit. You don't see the Spirit, but you see the effects in that person's life. As you're willing to step out and do what the Lord calls you to do. I remember when I left uh, professional baseball to, <laughs> to come to Texas and to plant Calvary Chapel. And there were some people that were saying, dude, are you, have you lost your mind? Are you out of your treehouse? Or I can't remember the saying. Dude, you can retire, you can go do this and do that. And it's like, I know the Holy Spirit is leading us in this direction. And there's sometimes we take steps of faith and do stuff that, to people, it's like, are you crazy? That people don't have spiritual eyes to see what's going on. I've seen it with marriages before. And God heal and restore marriages that were like, man, there's no way this is going to get fixed. But then the Lord shows up. Because why? Because one or the other gave their obedience to the Lord. They were willing to step forward in the things that the Lord was leading them in. And we don't like to be told what to do, do we? Do you guys like to be told where to go? You guys ever put, anybody here ever put together Ikea furniture? Let me rephrase that. Anybody ever done it not reading the directions? <laughs> I, don't need, I don't need no directions, man. Come on. I'll look at the picture. I'll, and then what happened? It's all jacked up, isn't it? Same thing happens when we're not following his lead. Does life ever seem out of control for you guys? Anybody ever seem like life's out of control for y'all? We need to have feet that are flexible and say, you know what? I don't need to know where I'm going because he knows. His plans are better than my plans. The destination is determined by him and he knows how to get us there. Are you with me? He is the potter. We are the... Does the clay yell at the potter, tell him what to do? I, this is kind of... Or the, the, who controls the speed of the wheel? The clay, does the clay control the speed of the wheel? The potter does. If your life is in the, the potter, the, is it the great potter, the awesome potter? No, definitely not Henry Potter. <laughs> Hopefully not. Your life's not in his hands. 
trusting in the master potter. He's controlling the speed of the wheel. It's his nail-scarred hands that are molding and shaping you. And sometimes he speeds up that wheel because he has to to get the junk removed or however they do their deal. Then it slows down and he's reaching in. He's pulling the junk out. Anybody ever feel like that? There's stuff getting... But life's out of control. Life's spinning so fast. Listen, if you're trusting the Lord, he's, he's in control. It's not out of control. And you are being conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. Are you with me? That's, what could be greater than that? So you say, Lord, I'm just going to be a lump of clay in your hands. Do what you want. I'll follow your lead. My feet are willing to follow your lead. I will embrace the process. You lead. I will follow. And you know what begins to happen? You begin to see there's purpose and there's meaning for your life. And those good works that he's already prepared beforehand, you begin to walk in them. Why? Because you guys know the verse, Proverbs 3, 5, 6, trust in the Lord with half of your heart. With, you guys know that one. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lead not on your own understanding. In most of your ways, in all of your ways, what? Acknowledge him and he will direct your steps. I think that's it. If you're NIV positive, that's the NIV. He will direct your steps. Isn't that beautiful? What could be greater than that? Do you have feet that are willing to follow? Ears? Do you have ears that are willing to hear this morning? May we have ears to hear what the Spirit is saying. May our hearts be tender to obey what He's calling us to obey and feet that are flexible to follow His lead wherever He takes us. Amen? In Jesus' name. Lord, thank You so much for this time together, Lord, for the, the good news of what You've done, what You're doing.